0: Your church, as I always say, this every time I come to preach. You guys have that, you know, energy, even though it's very early in the morning. Um, in the perspective of my generation, <laughs> this is really early for some of our generation, and and I think that is great. You see, um, I'm going to talk a little bit about it today as well. You see, sometimes when we worship God, it costs us something. You see, and and are a great thing to practice too. I think whenever we go to a grocery store or or department store, you want to buy something, you want to get something, you got to pay for it, you see? So in that sense, when you come to worship God, there's something that you, it should cost you something. Maybe it's early in the morning, okay? Maybe it's heavy traffic through the snow that you just want to swear all the way to church, but you strive through it, you thrive through it, and then there's a cost for you in, in that, yeah, amen? May I begin today uh, with a prayer to start off today's message. Let's pray. Father, we will live up this time here to you. May this time be full of your revelation for 2020 and for the next decade to come. We pray that may your Holy Spirit activate, activate our spiritual giftings tremendously for the years to come. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, 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 amen. Amen. So... How many people are excited about 2020? Let me see your hand. Yeah, baby, yes. That's great. You okay, see, so 2020 has a really interesting um, spiritual revelation within this year, 2020, right? 2020 vision, you hear this a lot. I talk about this, matter of fact, I talk about this on the last day of 2019, or last service of 2019, to talk about 2020. So 2020 is kind of like a 2020 vision, right? That, that, means they, that, that, that doesn't mean you have perfect eyesight. But 2020 visions, meaning you have clarity, sharpness in what you see. So I pray that wherever I go, I pray for you, um, in, in the year of 2020, you will see the sharpness in the spiritual atmosphere. Okay? God wants you to see something. God has a vision for 2020, and this truly we'll be able to tap into that and see clearly not everything in, 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 in perfect detail, but you can see the sharpness of the vision that God has in mind. Amen so they can go with it, amen, amen, amen. So if you can catch on this vision of God, whatever He has for you and me, uh, for you individually, for you collectively as a church, and, and, and for you um, as a children of God in the global scale, if you can catch on those visions, man, He can take you far, He can take you so far. Uh, I will talk about that a little bit more today. You see, a lot of people, um, as I'm gonna talk a little bit later on today, I personally believe for us to live victoriously for the decade to come, starting in 2020, is our mindset, yeah? We can hold a victim mindset, or we can have a victor mindset. It's a lot of people, um, I pastor a church for the past few years. I know that, I noticed that a lot of people come to God, come to church, uh, having this victim mindset. They victimize themselves. Why didn't God do this? Why didn't he answer my question? Why all these bad things are happening? Why my boyfriend or girlfriend leave me over and over again? Oh my goodness, why, am I, why everybody, why Why my truck is so this? See, it's this victim mindset. Do you know that you cannot be a victor if you are a victim? You can either be one or the other. If you choose to be a victim when, when you come to God, you probably won't be able to see fully or clearly with sharpness of the victorious uh, victory that Jesus had on the cross for all of us. Now, on the other hand, if I can hold a a, a victorious mindset, okay, oh, everything is going to be different, okay, the the whole mindset is different. Um, uh, We'll be able to go through the shadow of the valley of death, not without struggles, not without tears, but we'll be able to say, oh, even though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death, I have feared no evil. For the Lord, my God, has always prepared a banquet for me before my enemy. You see, that illustration is kind of interesting because it doesn't make sense. When you're on the battlefield, you don't want to feast. You know what I'm talking about. When when you're on the battlefield, you will be like, um, for many today's Christians, including myself, for a long time. Oh, am I supposed to win this battle? Oh God, am I supposed to do this? Do I have enough wisdom or finance? Or you know, you know that must. Oh, can I do this? Oh God, please help me get through this. That's not a banquet. It's not a banquet at all. But a banquet is like, okay, I'm going to sit on the table, the Lord prepared a banquet. I celebrate. You see what I'm talking about? I celebrate. I have a victorious mindset. I know that what Christ can do for me. I know that what Christ can do, what, what his capability is. So I'm just going to put my trust in him. So I'm just going to celebrate in front of my enemy. That is kind of insane, but it's what the Bible tells us to do. Yeah, amen? I hope that you can keep on that mindset for this decade to come. You know, the most important thing is God, our almighty God, Yahweh, Jehovah, okay? Father, Papa, um, el Elion, Elohim, okay, however you want to call him. Our Father in heaven has an amazing salvation plan for mankind. And we as His children have a role to play in it, no matter we understand it or not. We have a role to play in it. Let's turn to the first scripture of today, shall we? In John one twelve. John one twelve. I'm using the NIV version. It says, Yet to all who did receive Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. Let's talk about Jesus Christ, okay? So once we become uh, the children of God, okay, we have the obligation and has an important role to play. It is so good. It is so amazing. It is so heavenly. However, Many Christians, including myself for the longest time, did not catch this, didn't understand this. Many of the people today, or maybe in the back back of the day as well, we just come to God and ask Him to solve our problems. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that, uh, uh, elaborate on that very shortly. You see, a lot of people don't understand the full extent of that role. A lot of people do not understand the full extent of the role as the children of God. It's amazing. Okay, it's going to be amazing, but we did, sometimes we we couldn't catch it. For my twelve years of serving in ministry, starting from the pit of prison, um, I've learned this. I've counseled countless people, um, starting from inmates, and then my parents, and then my grandparents, and, and so on, um, uh, up to today. About twelve years of serving in ministry, humbly in different stage and circumstance in my life, I find this. I find this one thing. This one in common. This one thing in common. I find that a lot of people come to God, they would ask God, how much does it take for God to solve my problem? <laughs> that, is, that, that, that thing just pop up every single week, if not every single day, throughout uh, my, my, my journey of serving in ministry. And, and, and I believe that when people come to God with only that mentality, we don't fully understand our role and our calling and our identity as the children of God. Because, we, because with that question, First and foremost, it's shallow, it's selfish, it cannot see the bigger vision of it. I'm not here to put down anyone because I was one of those people for a long time. As you can tell, if you're going to read my story in my book, you will find that for the first nine chapters of this book right here, I hold a victim mindset. Why did all these things happen to me? Why every good thing in my life would end up so bad? Until chapter 10 when I met Jesus, so if you're going to read the book, okay? Read on, okay? <laughs> because the first nine chapters can be a little bit emotional, heavy, and maybe sometimes it seems hopeless. But the good news is, just read chapter 10, okay? Anyway. <laughs> so, okay, back to what I'm trying to say. So, I personally believe a better question to ask is this. The next slide. I think a better question to ask is, how much does it take for God to raise up someone? It would be a way better question to ask, God, um, how can He solve our problem? Because I personally believe that God is not just into solving our problem. Not, not that he, he, he doesn't care. He does care. But I believe that God is not into solving your problem. God is into raising you up. God is not into solving your problem so that you struggle over and over again so you, you so 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 we 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 can h- held a position of, of of victim and go under i believe god wants you to make you a victor so you can rise above amen church because with that kind of power and mentality and testimony that is that's what's going to show us who god really is let me tell you a, a strict truth um 100% truth the world will not uh, the world as it is will not stop to have problems Because there are the fallen angels functioning relentlessly every day in our life, okay? And our physical realm and our physical atmosphere um, is is heavily being influenced by the spiritual uh, atmosphere. Okay, the Bible tells us that our enemies is actually not rulers and kings. Our enemies is the spiritual forces principality in in, in, in the heavenly realm. So we have to understand that truth, okay? And I personally believe the effect of solving our problem may only last for a moment. However, the effect of raising us up can last for a lifetime. Amen. How many times I've seen people come to God, and this true story too, true talk, um, have come to God, and, and I see it all the time. Man, like, I, you cannot imagine how many prayers God answers every day. Like, people come to me with, with different questions, and Pastor JB will know this, People come to to pastors or the church with all sorts of different kind of problems in their life. From being homeless to being having too much money, don't know where to spend them, okay? From not, not from not having food to eat to having to way too much and become uh, obese. Like, you know, all sorts of problems, okay? From having no relationship to having too many relationships. Like <laughs> It's insane with the, with, 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 with the complexity of the problems that people bring to God every day. And from time over time, for my past 12 years, not a long time, you know, 12 years of serving in ministries. You have no idea how I see God answer people's prayer time after time after time after time after time. They don't have a job. God gave them a job. They, they, have, they don't have enough money for the rising um, living condition and cost in Vancouver. God gave them a promotion. They don't—the they, the, the husband passed away. God gave them a new husband. The, like, you know, they, they didn't have kids. God then later on, four or five years, later like, gave them a kid. Like, how God answered people's prayer, it just constantly blow my mind. But yet— Week after week, people came back with a victim mindset. It's just insane and it's sad. But I personally believe that it's one of the greatest weapons that the enemy has been using on the children of God. Because if we do not exercise our authority, okay, if we do not exercise our power in Jesus Christ, guess what happened? We become not as useful. The effect will end when our problem is solved. But however, if God can raise us up, oh my goodness the effect of that can last for a lifetime. Let's go to the next scripture of today in Psalm 42 in Psalm 42 it goes like this. It says he lifted me out of the slimy pit out of the mud and mirror. he set my feet on the rock and gave me a firm place to stand. I believe having a firm place to stand is the key to your best decade coming up. Yeah. Amen church. The Bible tells us do not build your house on Shifting sand. Build your house on a solid rock. It's a lot of people come to church, okay? Even a lot of Christians. Thank you for that beautiful testimony, um, Daniel. It's great. It's so true. A lot of people grew up from church, thought that we have a solid foundation, and then just work on that foundation for the next 30 years. That doesn't make sense. Our uh, walk with Christ meant to be a slope going upward, with Christ rising up, Right? You no, know, you're not meant to just stay there and building your foundation, work the foundation. If 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 you're going to build a house, okay? If, if I just work on the foundation for 30 years, man, there's something wrong with this house. You don't want to buy that house? You know what I'm talking about? Like, you know, after the first year of laying the foundation, you better build that house. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> okay? And some people just go straight into building the house without a foundation. And that doesn't make sense too. It will crumble, right? So there's a constant slope of going up, rising up, okay? Remember that, okay? Um, listen. For the next decade to come, I don't know when Jesus is coming back. I believe he's coming back. Um, I believe this is the, 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 the era of the end time, it's just my own belief. However, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not G, I am not Jesus. But if, but if Jesus said it Himself, nobody would know the time and, 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 and hours. Let's just prepare yourself, okay? However, now if Jesus hasn't come back for the next decade, okay? But so, uh, uh, in the next decade, if He hasn't come back yet, You will for sure face challenges. You will for sure have storms coming into your life. That's a fact. Because the fallen angel is at work. So, therefore, it is essential for us to let God raise us up for the next decade to come so that you can overcome every single time. You can rise above every single time. You can have the victorious mindset. Being a vector in Christ. Matter of fact, the Bible said you are more than conqueror in Christ. Amen? Church, you are more than conqueror. You're more than a vector. Wow. Think about that, church. Think about every time when you face a problem, when you face a storm, when you face something that doesn't make sense to you, you remember that. Now, you might think that, oh, it's easy for you to say because you are a pastor. Oh, let let me share you some stories, okay? Uh, I would love to share uh, very good stories and then some stories from my book. to, 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 to go on from this point on. I have a very good story to tell. About the same time this year, about the same time this year, I was with, I was with, I was with my buddy Joe, and you'll read him about Joe in, in, in my story here. Used to be an atheist, now he's serving, he has been serving in, in my ministry board for the past five years. Amazing stories. Anyway, long story short, about one year ago, this exact same time, me and my buddy Joe, we were meeting up with a young lady, who's been coming to our church at the Tim Hortons down the road. Not right here, but um, in Richmond. Um, and that particular meeting wasn't beautiful. Um, the long story short, this young lady uh, was pregnant with her boyfriend, without her husband. And then as you can imagine, the challenges, that she, the challenges that, she, that, that she was facing at that time. And then all her friends, everybody around her, told her to get abortion, including the family doctor, the social worker, the friends that, are, that do not go to church, and even with friends that actually go to church. So she was, the, so, so she was saying to us, everyone in my life are telling me to get abortion. I bought a baby. So me and my buddy Joe, we were trying to make some sense to her. We talk about biblical principles there. And I quoted a few scriptures. I said, in Jeremiah chapter 1, God says, I have formed you in your mother's womb. And I have set aside you as a prophet for nation. In Psalm 139, the psalmist also said, Oh, where can I hide from God? The highest of uh, of the mountain, you are there. The deepest of the sea, you are there as well. You know me and you formed me in my mother's womb. And I I said, based on those scriptures, those Biblical truths, there's a life in your womb. Even, and she kept on arguing and said, no, the doctor said it's just an embryo. It is not a human, it's no feeling. Many scientific facts try to point us to that. And then she said, why should I value your opinion over my professional doctor? And I said to her, yes, if you want to talk about medical knowledge, hands down, I have no comparisons to your doctor. However, however, even if you want to talk about good moral principles and spiritual uh, principles and matters, I believe I have been called by God to help you. See, my role is not here to please you and tell you what is good to your ear. My role as a pastor is is to care for you and tell you what is good for your soul. Big difference. And at the end, it didn't end up well. So, you know, I'm an emotional being. I'm an artist. Uh, Sometimes I I get sentimental quite uh, quite easily, Um, so uh, that meaning I get tear up quite easily. So I just grab her hand, did a prayer for her, and 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 I ask her, it doesn't matter. I understand that your role from this point on will be so difficult, so difficult, to walk, without a husband, without a family here, and with the baby in your womb. And if you choose to keep the baby, your role is going to be so hard. I get it. However, why don't you give the baby a chance to smile in this world? That was my last word to her. She disappeared from that point on. She left my church, never replied my message ever again. So I thought that all might be lost. Until four and a half months um, uh, earlier, like four and a half months ago, I suddenly received a text message from her. And I was so happy. She said, I just want to let you know that I'm still alive. I didn't take my life. I know that you worry sick about me. I just want to let you know that I made a decision to keep the baby. And that's it. Okay, I didn't hear from her again until last Saturday. I got to, went to visit the baby. I hold the baby in my arm. And the baby couldn't stop smiling at me. And I dedicated the baby to God that day. It's a beautiful story, yes. He said, yes, hallelujah. And um, when I look at the baby, I, I, I almost can hear him saying, thank you for letting me smile in this world. And secondly, he also said to me, with his beautiful eyes and beautiful smile, he said, thank you for believing in me when nobody else did. That is the core message of the gospel. It doesn't matter whatever that we're going through. It doesn't matter whatever that we have been going through. Even though there might be people that do not believe in us, even though our society, our secular society, is so against the 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 Christian principle nowadays, to live out our faith is going to be difficult. From this point on, it's going to be difficult. To hold on to the biblical principle, it's going to be so difficult. matter of fact, I personally believe it's, 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 it's more difficult than ever in human history. However, Jesus still believed in you. Even though the world, the secular world, might not want to believe in you, might not want to believe in what God can do for you and through you, Jesus still believed in you. And that is actually my story. You see, the road to heaven, a lot of people and a lot of modern-day Christians believe that the road to heaven is actually perfection. Following rules, Attending church on time? Hopefully. On an early Sunday morning. Maybe attend small groups. Maybe reading reading their Bible. Hopefully once every week. Three minutes per week. Maybe. Fulfilling. All those things they, they thought that they can go to heaven. However, the, the road to heaven is actually not that the hope the road to heaven is not is actually not about perfection. The road to heaven is, is actually about rising back up, getting back up. Every single time. Because we can never, as, as, as today people, as sinners, meaning that we are not perfect people, because we know how imperfect we are. Look, at, if you try to be perfect, if you want to try, to try to act like you are perfect, then you are a liar. Because even I cannot say that I am perfect, even though I'm serving God all the time. Um, but however, the road to heaven is actually this. In Proverbs 22, 16, the Proverbs 24, 16 says, For those for those that are righteous, fall seven times. They rise again. But the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. The righteous fall seven times and then they get back up again. The key to heaven is actually walking with Jesus. And every time when we make mistakes, and every time when we stumble, and every time when we face a challenge, we can get back up, rise back up with Jesus. That is actually what Jesus can offer us. A lot of people, including myself, in the early days of my Christian life thought that the road to heaven is actually having God in my life so that I won't have any more problems. But that is actually a misconception because the road to heaven is about getting back up every single time. As sinners, we sin all the time, meaning we make mistakes. We does not match the standard of God all the time. I'm not all loving. I'm not all merciful. I'm not all forgiving. I'm not all of those things. And when we try to fit into that category, let me tell you what, you will lose your faith one day because you will just find that after 10 years, 20 years, 30 years of our faith walk, if we cannot wish that perfection, we lose our faith. But however, that is not what Jesus came to die for. Jesus came and died for us and, and, and He rises up um, from the grave. Like what Jesus said in Romans, Jesus said that, hey, uh, the Bible tells us in Romans, it said that, hey, everyone, anyone that declare that Jesus is the Lord and believe that He rose up from the grave, He will be saved. You see, that is the key. Why the Bible say that? Because He wants us to know that Jesus rose from the grave so that we can rise with Him. Amen, church? It's not just on the baptism day, It's just not, or not, it's just not on your but after some anniversary that you remember you, you got reborn, it's actually on a daily journey with Jesus that you rise again over and over and over and over. The righteous would fall seven times, but they will raise. they will rise back up, amen. You have to remember, but that is the key to heaven. And this is also the story of my book. <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about my book. Um, yes, I brought my book here today. It's, it's my honor to be able to present it to you. Uh, if you guys get a copy today, you will be, you'll get the first dip before Indigo and Amazon's and, and all those other places in the world, and you, you get the first tip today. Now, you might ask, why do I write a book? You are absolutely right. I do not want to write this book. I did not want to write it. Uh, it is only by the, the obedience of what the Lord has in plan um, that I faithfully started to work on this six years ago. Five years of making. wanted to give up a lot of times um, and then... Um, at the, at the end of that journey, God just gave a award-winning title to the book, and, and then I am very humbly that it can be released today. In this book, you will see a, a, a stories of hardship. You will see stories of disappointment. You will see someone that seemingly has some talent, working really hard to work his way up the ladder just to find that he got fell to the pit of the prison cell, um, afterward. And how can anyone get back up from that place? It's none other than Jesus Christ. It's none other than a savior that can meet us wherever we are, even in the pit of a prison cells that none of you have access to, un- un- unless you have someone in prison or go through the proper procedures to become a visitor, and yet you still have no access to those prison cells. Um, it is none by God that care for us, no matter who we are, wherever we are. Um, and, 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 and it is, this, and in this book, is also recorded the stories of how Jesus came to meet me, and then my willingness to be obedient, to let him train me, let him develop my character, and let him use me for whatever plans that he, that he has, not just for myself, for the salvation of many. I didn't know that. When I first, went to, when I first ended up in prison, my prayer was, get me out of here, get me back my girlfriend, give me back my music. See, it's, it's all about me. It's so very self-centered, very self-centered, very selfish. But then later on, God showed me that, oh, I didn't know that I would become a pastor one day. I didn't know that I could use my story to encourage others. I didn't know that I can counsel countless people. Starting from prison, I didn't know that I can pray for so many people. I didn't know that I can give uh, uh, marriage counseling, premarital counseling. I didn't know that I can host funeral. Never thought about that in my life. I didn't know all these things. I didn't know that I have the power to cast out demons and help people to get healed uh, in in God's will. I didn't know that I can uh, inspire people from city to city, from country to country. I didn't know all that until I let him show me one step at a time. You see, a lot of people wanted to be great, but not a whole lot of people wanted to be trained. Before we have the character of God. Because you see, the the, the kingdom of heaven is very heavy. Very heavy. Like when you go to the gym, if God just suddenly gives you 300 pounds, it will crush you. It will crush you to nothing. It will break your ligaments, mess up your joints. Won't be able to live again. Maybe, but God can heal that, of course. But what I'm trying to say is He's going to train us, yeah? Everyone that wants to be great in God, want to do amazing God's word. first step is to humble ourselves, be obedient, and get trained by Him. Amen? I'm going to the last part of my message. If I can get some spiritual music at the background, they will really add some spiritual weight into this atmosphere, and I would really greatly appreciate that, of course. I say that all the time. I just love music. Okay, so... Um, I want to talk about a vision and the mission of this book, 2020, 2020 vision. Um, The vision of this book, of course, is to inspire others, but my vision for this book is to provide and make it available in every single prison in Canada, within the next few years. There's a lot of amazing, world-renowned authors coming out from the States, coming from, from England. Okay? We read stories, when I was in prison, we read stories about people being raised up in the prison system in the United States maybe, maybe in Mexico, maybe in a holding cell in China or South Korea or North Korea Seldomly we see stories coming out from the Canadian prison So I really want to help the inmates in every single prison, if they choose to read this, at least we'll make this available first I want them to know that there are actually successful stories Amazing miracles happening right here at our very own soil of Canada. I want them to know that being in prison is not the end. But in fact, I just went back to the two prisons that I was in in mission this past Tuesday. I brought a few cases of my book through the storm. Going back in there. The chaplain said that we thought that you won't come. I said, I made a promise, I'll come. Because God came for me when I was in prison. Amen. I'm going to Hong Kong, so I, I just want to make, the, make my best effort to come bring the book to them. See, I, I, I paid it myself, and you can help me out today. Um, see, there's a cost. There's a cost. Seriously, there's a cost to serve God, man. A lot of people come to church because it's raining. They, they don't want to come to church. Man, it's snowing. and I still want to go back to prison. It's just insane. Matter of fact, the, I, I, I went to the, the, the minimum prison first and then the medium prison. The moment I arrived at the medium prisons, they were in a lockdown. The enemy wanted to lock down that place. Lockdown, lockdown meaning you hold it in yourself. You can't come out. And I'm supposed to have a book released and, and speak to the guys in the chapel. And then, and then uh, uh, well, it, first it was an amazing experience from going back to the prison. Now I know how my parents come to see me through those gates, okay? Okay, anyway, it's amazing in a way. So I went back in there, and then the guard was like, Oh, we're in a lockdown. You ain't going to speak to no one. And then the, 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 the chaplain, pretty charismatic guy. He's like, that is not fair. I won't let that happen. Let me talk to your upper management. So that's what they did. He talked to the upper management, and then he just gave his self, self pitch. He was like, oh, this guy here, he was from here, and he's now a pastor. He's an international speaker. He just released a book. He wanted to bless the guy. It would be so good for them. It would probably help your work become better if they change. So why don't you let him go speak? And they're like, okay. Let's just... <laughs> Yes, yeah, yeah, that's that's how it happened, yeah. And uh, so they opened the door um, for a very limited time for the inmates, they want to go to the chapel. So not too many came, 20, 30 people, still great. I got to bless them, lift them up. A few grumpy guys, they didn't want to listen to me, that's fine, I'm used to it. I was was counselling a lot of them in there. But for the rest of them, like, you know, they were inspired. I let them know that, hey, this is not the end. I raised up from this very prison, Working in this very same chapel, I met Jesus right here, so, so can you. So, come join, my, join me to show our society that not all criminals are the same. There is hope in a God that loves us so much. Amen, church. Amen, amen. So, so today, I'll uh, be your own copy. You can also have the option to donate a copy for an image. There's some posted stickers out there that you can write some messages to them put it on the board, you can take a picture of it, and I'll send those um, sticky to the prison chaplains. And if you want to catch on this vision, I will talk to Pastor JB. I will co- connect with Pastor JB when I'm in Hong Kong with Facebook and email and see how we can make this possible uh, to provide copies for every single prison. It's, it's, it's so big. There are so many grounds to cover. It's beyond me. I don't have the fundings for it. I have the vision for it. I don't have people resources for it. But I believe that God if it is from God, I believe that he can make a way for the book to go in there and bless the inmates. yeah? So let, let, let me finish with this uh, before I ask Pastor JB to come back up. So believe that this coming decade is the best decade yet in your spiritual growth. Don't ask for an easier life. Ask for a victorious life. That is the key to help you stand on, stand on a firm ground in Jesus Christ. And therefore, he can, he can launch you out for great works for his kingdom. Bless you, church.